Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Blackfoot Communications is actively supporting the communities we serve across Montana and Idaho. We are installing hundreds of miles of fiber in our service territories, increasing the broadband experience in our rural communities. We are delivering remote workforce solutions for our business communities. We are creating new, innovative solutions for our local entrepreneurs and enterprise organizations. Learn how your company can benefit. Call today at 541-5000 or go to blackfootbusiness.com. Blackfoot Communications. Connect to more. Not enough coffee in the world, but I have coffee with me, and it's a Friday. I know that's a great thing in so many people's worlds. It just means the beginning of the busy part of the week for guys that work in sports. But we work in sports, so it doesn't get any better than this. It is Nuana is now your one-stop shop for all things sports and pop culture every day around the Treasure State, right here on 102.9 ESPN Missoula, as well as statewide on SWX Montana Television. You can watch us both on SWX Montana as well as on the YouTube channel. Please subscribe. You can also listen live if you want to listen on your mobile devices, your computer, your tablet, your cell phone, whatever you might want to listen on. Just go to our website, 1029ESPN.com. Click on the live Listen Live tab. There you'll find the stream. The stream is presented by Opportunity Bank. Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. If you want to give me a call or shoot me a text today, text is probably going to be easier because we got a bunch of guests tuning in to join us today. we got Brooks Nuanas from SkylineSportsMT.com as well as my brother and uh, my biggest NFL aficionado that I know in my life. He's coming on. We're going to do about 30 full minutes on the Super Bowl, so stay tuned for that. He'll be with us here in just a couple minutes. Also, big night in Big Sky Conference basketball, particularly for the Montana teams last night. So we'll get into what happened uh, with both Montana and Montana State's men's teams on the road and the women's teams at home. I'll give you a hint. Uh, the Montana State women smacked Weber State like i never seen anybody smack them before. It was a shootout in Ogden. The Grizz, it was a grind. Went to overtime. Late heroics by a freshman. And the Lady Grizz, they lost a heartbreaker. So a variety of different things to get into with that. Of course, it's a Friday, so Carolyn 
our chick who does not know sports, stopping by uh, to talk all things Super Bowl and uh, a couple other things as well. Promise you have a good laugh. Second hour, we're also going to get Brooks Nuanez's take on Jeff Choate leaving. Tease for right now, an emerging candidate, a new candidate, one that we've not reported at SkylineSportsMT.com, has thrust his way into the mix and maybe into the front of the line. I got two sources that say that he is the front runner. I'm not going to tell you who. You got to go to SkylineSportsMT.com. Don't worry, though. It's free content, so go check it out. Skyline Sports proudly presented by Blackfoot Communications. Here for Brooks on, on Jeff Jordan. We're also going to share an interview that we did earlier this week as well. We usually don't replay interviews uh, on this show, but this one's so pertinent that we're going to. Sean Rainey was able to sit down with Travis Johnson, Sean Rainey from SWX Montana, the sports director, and we used it as our ESPN roundtable this week. But we're going to replay oh, about 10 minutes of that interview as well. Travis Johnson is a former Montana State Bobcat, and he's on the practice squad for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So he's been preparing for the Super Bowl all week. <laughs> I, I, uh, I bet you you've heard it. We're going to call Brooks here in about two minutes, but... Uh, it is a Friday. I told you at the beginning, there's not enough coffee in the world. I'll tell you this. I said this on the Big Sky Breakdown podcast, which you can also find at SkylineSportsMT.com earlier this week. And uh, these coaching searches are crazy, man. They they really take a lot of time. You got to be really, really diligent with your reporting. But it's also a lot of fun because you get to talk to a lot of guys from around the country that maybe you've known previously or they have connections to. And it's fun catching up with everybody. And that's kind of how the sourcing works. It's just one big network. So it's been fun, but there is not enough coffee in the world because I've been staying up late and getting up early pretty much all week. But that's why I got myself a Florence coffee, got myself an iced Americano. I also got myself a green tea. I'm doubling down. I got all the caffeine in the world it is a Friday. You can stay up late. So swing on by. Florence Coffee Company. There's a Florence Coffee Company kiosk somewhere, anywhere near you in Missoula and often in most places in the state of Montana as well. Go check out a Florence Coffee Company kiosk today. And don't forget, Florence Coffee Company for Valentine's Day. It's Valentine's Day next week, gentlemen, as well as ladies. And I promise you, your significant other, they'd like nothing more than free coffee. We go down the Rangish Brothers RV phone line. I know this guy's sweetheart would love some free coffee. That's probably the best gift you can get. My sweet sister-in-law is a coffee card. Brooks Nuanez, SkylineSportsMT.com, as well as NFL aficionado. Joining us right now on Nuanez now to talk all things Super Bowl. How you doing, my man? What's going on in Bozeman? Uh, doing really well, Coulter. Uh, it's snowing, finally, in the state of Montana. I think western Montana included. It's going to get dumped on the next couple days, which makes it actually feel like winter. Uh, so that's a good thing. We're happy here. We got a little sunshine, but lots of snow last night. We got about four inches here, and it's now 47 degrees. <laughs> so, And the sun is shining, which it usually doesn't do in February in Missoula. So the atypical nature of the winter. We had Cam Parker, University of Montana junior guard, on the show yesterday. And if you missed that, it was a great interview. You can find it on the podcast. But he was saying, hey, everybody told me the worst part about Montana coming from Oregon was going to be the winter. And uh, he's like, I think that you all are joking with me because it hasn't been bad at all. But it maybe, maybe it's coming. It is the heart of February. What does that mean? It means it's also Super Bowl Sunday on Sunday. And we've talked some Super Bowl this week, but we've also talked a whole lot of other stuff because we've had some great action in Big Sky Conference basketball. We've had this ongoing coaching search at Montana State for the football program. But we're going to go all in on the Super Bowl right now. So, Brooks, before we get to these eight questions that I have lined out for us to discuss, it seems strange, right, that I mean, this, this season has been so tenuous. It's been sort of hanging in the balance, but also 
almost certain that it was going to happen both at the same time. But now we're here at the Super Bowl week, and it seems like although that this is one of the most storied quarterback matchups we've ever seen, it also seems like almost unreal or, or that, that there's not a, a lot of hype around the game this year. I mean, do you feel that? Do you feel like it's not as much of the, of the hoopla leading up to the big game? Yeah, I do feel like that. And I, I think some of that is probably, um, you know, the team staying in, the, in their home facilities and not being at a neutral site uh, for the Super Bowl. So a lot of the fun interviews that come out of this week, you know, some of the, the hilarious every single media outlet, whether they cover sports or not, usually sends people from all over the world. There's all sorts of funny sound bites that come from these things, especially from some of the characters in this kind of game. And, you know, Patrick Mahomes is becoming you know, the Kansas City Chiefs quarterback is becoming one of the, the face of football in America. But there's also these throwbacks like Rob Gar- Gronkowski on the Bucks that always have such fun sound bites that we're kind of missing that element this week. Uh, but I think come Sunday, once that you know, once you get to the pregame, you're going to start to feel a little bit more excited. Brooks Nuanez joining us on Nuanez now, 102.9 ESPN, Missoula, and. It is an interesting fold, too, Brooks. I mean, I've been listening to ESPN Radio. Obviously, here we are on ESPN Radio, and I monitor the station uh, pretty much all the time just to make sure everybody's getting what they need and what they want. But so many of the guests on all the national shows have been guys that have played in the Super Bowl previously, or you know, there wasn't like that big media day event. They've had a couple contemporary guys, but it also it almost seems like both teams have really kept uh, kind of the clamps on the guys that are actually playing in the game. Like I haven't heard a Patrick Mahomes interview this week, right? Yeah, it's, it's been really quiet, and I think that if you had to choose so, I, most teams would like to do that. I heard an interesting tidbit from the Chiefs, though, was that they weren't as invested in this kind of pregame week as they were maybe the last year because they had this experience last year. Now, of course, there's going to be a couple new guys on every roster, but the Chiefs kind of through and through had said, Last year, we had the experience. We got to soak it up. This year, we're really happy to be staying home in Kansas City. We're really happy to not deal with as much hoopla. So I think that a guy like Patrick Mahomes isn't necessarily feeding into it as much. So you're not getting some of those huge sound bites. You're getting more, a little bit more honest answers, a little bit more fundamental questions and answers and on a Zoom setting, which is always different because there's a little bit less human interaction. So I think that probably plays into it for the Chiefs. Yeah, no question. The, the, when the days of Zoom interviews with athletes is over, uh, that'll be a good day. I promise you that. It is convenient for us right now, but it's not great. You definitely lose the spirit of the other person on the other side uh, of the deal. Super Bowl history, throughout the, the Super Bowl history, this is the 55th Super Bowl, there's been seven times in, by six franchises that teams have repeated as Super Bowl champions. The Green Bay Packers did it by winning the first two Super Bowls. The Pittsburgh Steelers did it twice in the 1970s. They went back-to-back two different times. The Dallas Cowboys have done it. The Denver Broncos have done it. The San Francisco 49ers of the late 1980s have done it. And then the New England Patriots most recently. But the New England Patriots' most recent back-to-back was in 2003 and 2004. So it has been almost a full generation, almost a full two decades since somebody's gone back-to-back. The Kansas City Chiefs, they have the opportunity to go back-to-back and win consecutive Super Bowl championships. Staying in their way, the last guy to quarterback his team two consecutive championships, that's Tom Brady and uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We know the stories of the quarterbacks. We know the narrative of the Chiefs being the uh, potential back-to-back Super Bowl champions. Brooks, what do you think is the most undertold storyline, though, in this Super Bowl? seems like we're getting the magnitude of the main ones. What are some of the other ones that you like? Yeah, there, there are some kind of main storylines that have been portrayed. I think the Chiefs' offensive line is definitely one of them. But in that sense, I, I am 
I'm very interested in, in Patrick Mahomes and his turf toe injury that he sustained two weeks ago. Um, anyone who's ever dealt with turf toe, it's not, it's not been a really publicized injury, but anyone who's ever dealt with it, which I have for the last year and a half on and off, it's a debilitating injury. It's a little bit different than maybe an AC sprain or a little bit different than what Aaron Donald dealt with in the NFC Championship with rib cartilage t- um, issues. Those, you can get some, some pain injections, and, and it won't limit mobility as much. Turf toe, inherently by the way you plant and the way you run, there is going to be limited mobility regardless of if there's pain or not. Uh, so I, I think that part is interesting when you talk about the Chiefs' injuries up front. The Tampa Bay Bucks have had this pass rush, which I'm sure we'll talk about. And the Chiefs have this offensive line who has been good, and they lost one of the best tackles in the game, a top-five left tackle in Eric Fisher, yeah. uh, to an Achilles injury, which was, which was so sad to see. So what does it look like for Patrick Mahomes and his mobility, especially in what looks like might be a rainy game? And it might not be raining during the game, but Tampa Bay and Florida in general gets a lot of rain during this time of year, and it looks like the forecast is going to be a little bit rainy. That on a natural field can cause a little bit of, of, of footing issues regardless of if you have a turf toe injury or not. So for me, the most under, the thing that I look for, the thing I'm most excited to hear about is and, and to see is Patrick Mahomes' mobility and kind of how that works inside and outside the pocket. Do you, uh, Mahomes is, uh, underrated is the wrong word, he is mobile. His mobility in the pocket is one of his great strengths, but he's not necessarily a runner. He can run from time to time, but he's not Lamar Jackson or Josh Allen or even Russell Wilson at this point. Um, have you seen? He's had this turf toe injury for most of the playoffs. Have you seen him have his 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 mobility be limited? Yeah, I definitely have, and I think that it's more limited by his kind of what he thinks of pre and post snap. So it's it's more of him kind of limiting himself pre-snap, knowing that he needs to get to stuff a little quicker because he may not be moving the pocket as much. And that's what he does is throw off-platform, uh, different footings, on the move. That's where he kind of is his best, you know. And it's hard to say uh, the, the guy who's on top of the world right now is at his best at one thing because Patrick Mahomes may be his best at every, in, in any situation. And he may not need to move the pocket too much to really make it anything he wants or needs to happen in this game happen. But I have seen it be limited a bit, especially with that footing. And, you know, we've seen some of those Florida games where they get driving rainstorms, and that rain moves into the game. It can be a little bit of a different situation there. Nuanas now, 1029 ESPN, Missoula Statewide, SWX Montana Television. Brooks Nuanas helping us double up the Nuanas now, talking all things Super Bowl 55. Brooks, you mentioned the Chiefs and their issues on the offensive line. It's not only Eric Fisher being out the left tackle at the left tackle spot. I know that they still are awaiting clearance for the center. Uh, at least at last I had heard, maybe that has changed in the last uh, couple hours or so. But uh, the Chiefs did have a bit of a COVID issue. They were getting their haircuts by the barber, and the barber tested positive, so he was immediately pulled out. But the center was the one that had uh, that was in the barber's chair. So because of the close contact, had to quarantine. He's got to have a positive test before Sunday. So that's two offensive line down, and uh, you, you just wonder um, how much that's going to hinder the Chiefs, because Buffalo definitely uh, they, they won the line of scrimmage last week uh, even with, and with, or I guess two weeks ago in the AFC Championship game, but it took all the heroics of Chad Henney and, and etc to come all the way back and, uh, and win that game for the Chiefs in clutch fashion with Mahomes out of the game. But here we are now with this Tampa Bay front seven, which was great at the beginning of the year and has reached an elite level now. So is, is that the number one matchup to watch in your eyes, particularly when the Chiefs are on offense and the Bucks are on defense? 
Yeah, I, I think so. And I think it'll, you know, unfortunately, due to the way they show the game on TV, that's what you get to see the most of anyway, uh, which is which is fine by me in a lot of different fashions. But right tackle uh, Mike Remmers for the Chiefs has also been dealing with a groin injury, and he's another really good tackle uh, around the league, really respected. So the Bucks on, on defense have, but with getting uh, nose guard or defensive tackle Vita Bea back, who's a big plug in the middle, you have Indomitian Sue, and then Shaquille Barrett on the outside has been a force for the last couple of years, probably one of the more underrated pass rushers in the league. And he can move to both sides, as well as William Golston, who plays a little bit more of a strong end. But both those guys can get upfield on any offensive line, let alone one that's dealing with injuries. So I think probably uh, the most prevalent matchup in this game is, is the Bucks defensive front seven versus the offensive line of the Chiefs. And, you know, the Bucks they, they blitzed on 39% of passing plays this year, um, which is fourth highest in the league. And I think that you're going to continue to see that trend. If it's not hitting that number, it might go above it. And both those linebackers in the middle, Devin White and Levante David, I think are the, the, it's the most talented combo in the league. Um, and that's probably my favorite one-on-one matchup is that Devin White uh, sometimes Levante David versus Travis Kelsey there in the middle. What does that look like? How does that play out? Probably the two most talented players on either side of those uh, offensive defense. Both great matchups, but it's definitely going to be that pass rush versus uh, the Kansas City offensive line. And the way that the pass rush has gotten better as the year has gone on, too. I mean, the blitzing is an interesting statistic because when you run an odd man front like that, a lot of times you're bringing a guy off the edge who's technically playing linebacker, but he's playing on the edge. And so it is sort of a pseudo blitz. But you're right. Shaq Barrett, I mean, he led the league in sacks last year. I don't think a lot of people know that. Jason Pierre-Paul... For whatever reason, he, you know, he blew it. He was a great player for the New York Giants, and then he blew his hand off with the fireworks. And then after that story settled in, the story's never really, really been retold. Everybody kind of spun it like this is the thing that's going to end this guy's career. It hasn't. In fact, he's been awesome. I mean, he is still a very good player. You talk about the inside duo, Vitavea and Dominican Sue. I mean, those two guys, that's one of the most formidable duos in the entire league. And so I just think that this front seven, they, they were – Talented on paper coming into the year, but then Vita Vea broke his leg, and that's a big leg. But he, they've been playing for so long now that he's now back in the fold, and he's going to play. And he had, he played last uh, game as well. So now you're finally back to full strength. And it, I mean, adding Vita Vea is like adding uh, a, at least potential All Pro level talent to the interior of the line. And so this defensive front, they've gotten better and better and better as the the season has progressed and the postseason has progressed. And that's why I think this is so ironic. Because to me, this Tampa Bay team reminds me exactly of the two New York Giants teams that beat Tom Brady. Now Tom Brady's got that type of team, and he's the one that's trying to knock off the prodigy, the protege, the guy who's trying to uh, threaten his throne already as the greatest quarterback of all time uh, in Patrick Mahomes. I mean, what do you think of that analogy? Yeah, I think that's interesting. I like the Giants analogy for sure. And yet, not to not forget uh, Jason Pierre-Paul, he comes in more in pass rush situations. And you know, I saw a stat also that said that Jason Pierre-Paul is seven and zero in his playoff career. Uh, so you know, he's not used to losing, and he's been a part of a pretty interesting Super Bowl run for those Giants teams that did rely heavily on their on their defensive front. Um, so I, I do like that comp. I think it's interesting. Devin White, yeah, as I mentioned, Bucks linebacker also missed a couple games. So the Bucks are kind of being healthy all at one time. It'll be interesting to see if Antonio Winfield Jr. at safety, who missed the NFC Championship game, will be back because he's been a rookie this year who's played at an extremely high level. Um, 
So it'll be interesting. The Bucks bring a lot of pressure. I, mean, I love Todd Bowles as their defensive coordinator. He's always a guy that's dialed it up. And when I mentioned the 39% pressure rate, that is an extra defender. So in the NFL, they oftentimes so many pe- teams play an odd man front that it is considered four man pressure is standard pressure, and a fifth man then becomes that in that blitz. Um, Category. So that was what that looks like when they're bringing more than five. Um, at 39%, that's a, that's a really high number. So I think it'll be interesting. I like the Giants' comp, though. Big Red Andy Reid has a chance to really vault himself in terms of his legacy. Uh, for a while, he was that guy that couldn't get the monkey off his back. Then they kicked down the door. He found this transcendent talent in Patrick Mahomes. They have one of the great marriages already in the history of the NFL with the way that they work together as a coach and quarterback. And now Andy Reid has a chance to get a second ring. And if he does, he's going to vault into that 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 rare air of you know one of the top 15, 20 coaches ever. And he's certainly already one of the best coaches of his generation. On the other side, I think Bruce Arians is one of the most beloved and well-liked guys in the league. I think that he's one of the most fun guys to listen to when he was the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals and they did the all or nothing documentary on the Cardinals that year. I thought Arians was was so compelling. Um, a guy that I think you'd love to hang out with. A guy that I think a lot of people would love to play for. That said, he is one of those true players, coaches that uh, his greatest strengths are his greatest weaknesses. His volatility, his realness, his honesty. Sometimes it has gotten in the way, especially in his time as a head coach. You saw it in the middle of the year with Tampa Bay. There was times where Tampa Bay looked terrible. When they got slaughtered in the midseason by um, the Packers, I mean, it's just like, actually, excuse me, Tampa Bay slaughtered the Packers. There was multiple games in the middle of the year when Tampa Bay, though, did not look great. And I heard an interesting take on this um, from, I think it was Dan Orlovsky. He said, the reason the Bucks are so polarizing when you watch them is that they have to execute perfectly to execute well at all. They can't just sort of execute well, that's come along as the season's progressed. The offense has come along as the season has progressed. Their ability to throw the ball deep has come along. But I think that on the the broad stroke of this, though, there's a perceived huge coaching mismatch. Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemann versus Bruce Arians. But I think that the one thing that a lot of people forget is that Todd Bowles is one of the best defensive coordinators in football. He's the one that's got this defense for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers playing on an outstanding and really high level. And I think that there's another element here. There's In Super Bowls, there's two styles that usually take hold in terms of coaching. There's the guys that play to win the game, and Andy Reid has proven that he plays to win the game. He did it in the AFC Championship game, going forward on fourth down. But Bruce Arians, huck it and chuck it, and if you don't get it, I mean, you no know, risk it, no biscuit is what he always says. So I think that they're going to play to win the game, for better or worse. That it could put them in volatile situations. We'll see. But is the perceived coaching matchup, Brooks, as drastic as maybe on paper it looks like it might be? I, I think that there are some different differences between the two coaches that, that allow that to, to be the perception. But I think Andy Reid has such an interesting career path Everyone thinks of Andy Reid as an offensive guru, and, and by all accounts, he, he certainly is. But Andy Reid has never been a play caller. And Andy Reid has spent time during his Chiefs tenure, especially early on with Alex Smith, as a guy who was a co-play caller. But Andy Reid has never been an offensive coordinator. So Andy Reid, in my opinion, is really that the purveyor of the large scale, the big picture, the, the team manager, the guy that can get all different aspects of each player in each side of the ball really balanced and really looking like it's a team effort. Whereas Bruce Arians is more of a play caller, even though he is uh, mentoring a really talented Byron Leftwich, who has been in the league for a long time as a quarterback, as well as now been a play caller for quite some time with Bruce Arians. 
um, and several different systems. But I do think that defensively, Todd Bowles can balance out the, the volatility of Bruce Arians. If Bruce Arians doesn't really put his hand in, into the defense too much, whereas Andy Reid is a little bit more of an all-encompassing head coach. So I like that Todd Bowles, Steve Spagnola, the, the Chiefs defensive coordinator. I like those. Of course, they aren't going against one another, but I like those matchups. The defenses are going to play a huge role in this. I think that the Chiefs, as you mentioned, are going to play to win, but I also think that the Chiefs are going to come out with a couple injuries on the offensive line, Patrick Mahomes may be limited mobility-wise. I think that they might try to have, play a little bit more ball control, to run the football more, more and more early and more often than maybe we think. And that kind of plays into, can Bruce Arians figure out what, what that looks like? Can he be patient enough? Because he is a no-risk-it-no-biscuit guy, but it's early and often. They throw the ball downfield, and they take shots. So that, I think the, per, the perceived uh, – Coaching difference is, is there. I think that uh, Bruce Arians is probably a higher-level coach, coach, especially in a game like this, and maybe he's getting credit for it. No question. On that note, though, huge for Andy Reid's legacy. I think Andy Reid is already uh, a Hall of Fame-level coach, but he could really get into a, a different stratosphere with a win. I mean, what do you think? What do you think this does for Andy Reid's legacy? I mean, this puts him above pretty much every other peer in his generation uh, except, obviously, Bill Belichick, who's the greatest coach of the generation, and, and we're not going to find anybody that catches him anytime soon. Yeah, I, I do think it vaults in. You reach that next level, though. I think that he has quite a, a resume right now. He has two rings, two Super Bowl championships as, as an assistant coach and one as a head coach. Um, I th- during his, his tenure in Philadelphia, there's some comparisons, and for lack of, of me diving too deep into what, what you could compare his time of going to so many AFC championship games, I think he went to six. Um, and never went to the Super Bowl in Philadelphia. Went to the Super Bowl once. Went to the Super Bowl once in Philly. Yep. Once, but but once, right, right. Yeah. So it it, it kind of looks like that LeBron James narrative of how, is going to the championship game six times and losing every time a, a negative. For me, I I see that as a positive. I see that as a guy who to get that far. Then at the end of the day, then you're playing one of the four best teams in the, in, in the in the country, and that means that you're you know a serious top four team. I like Andy Reid's resume right now. I think it does vault him into one of the probably two or three best coaches of his generation, which I would put from 1992 or 93 till currently. And, of course, Bill, Bill Belichick will also be in that. But I, I do think it, it elevates him slightly into that next kind of untouchable tier. you got to say then he's right there. I mean, I think he's already on par with Mike Tomlin. I think that he'll be in the conversation with a guy like Mike Shanahan. He's always going to be mentioned with Holmgren since they have similar coaching trees. But I agree. I think that this puts him in a pretty darn good company. It is Nuanas now, 1029 ESPN, Missoula Statewide, SWX Montana Television. And uh, Brooks, I'm going to skip the quarterback questions because I think that everybody listening to this show has gotten plenty of the narrative of the quarterbacks. I, I think that you know the, all the talk about the quarterbacks and the legacies and all that, I mean, I've expressed it quite thoroughly that I think that uh, Tom Brady, win or lose, I think that it doesn't really do anything for his legacy except for if he wins, it just puts it so much farther out there for everybody, anybody and everybody to ever be able to achieve. Patrick Mahomes, I think that there's a silly narrative going around that this guy could win six, seven, eight, nine, ten Super Bowls. I think that he's going to have, uh, I think his window is going to be a lot more slim and, and a lot, um, his margin of error, error is going to be a lot less. 
because starting next year, he's going to make $50 million, and that's going to then in turn impact the quality of the roster. Here nor there, we can debate what this means for their legacies after one of these two men lead their teams to a Super Bowl win or lack thereof. But we got this game on Sunday. Last time I checked the line, it was Chiefs minus 3.5. The over-under was 56.5. I'll get you an updated line right now, but just rather than the line, tell us what, I mean, what do you think are the absolute keys to this game? Yeah, I, I'd put this game at three points. I think it, I think it could be really close. A lot of the money, especially in the betting world, is going to come in late on the Bucks. I think the keys to the game, and I mentioned it a little bit before, is is Bruce Arians able to be patient enough as an offensive mind to be able to hang there? We saw this last year in, in last year's Super Bowl. It was three nothing for a long time. It might have even been three nothing a half. These games tend to have a lot of hype at the beginning, and they come out a little bit slow. I think the Chiefs do need to hang on to the ball. I, I do think that'll be an interesting aspect. I like the team that gets the that causes the first turnover to be in control, and I think that if Bruce Arians could garner some of that control, if, let's say the Bucks intercept Patrick Mahomes, I think that the Bucks have a real good chance in that game. But if Patrick Mahomes gets rolling at all, and the Chiefs are the ones to get that first turnover, I think the Chiefs control it handily. Uh, so I think ball control early in the first quarter and early, in the first quarter and early in the second quarter, I think that'll be a really important factor of, especially if it's a little bit rainy. Does the ball get put on the ground? Does the ball get intercepted? I think the first team that causes one of those turnovers is probably going to be in control and be in the driver's seat for the rest of that game. Momentum, for sure, will be key. Right now, the line, minus three for the Chiefs, and the over-under is at 56. So that we're far from th- these things being closed. These are going to move a lot. I think I think you're right with the fact that there's going to be a lot of late money on the Bucks. That's going to be a interesting fold as well. Uh, so I mean, give your bet. What do you got? What are you are you parlaying this? What do you got? I know Sean Rainey did a bunch of prop bets with us earlier this week, but just in terms of the the spread, the win, and the total, what are you taking? I, I like a lot of different things in this game, but. Um, and it's not necessarily where my heart or, or where, where my heart is because I do think it'll be a little closer than than maybe the Chiefs blowing it out. But I I would I would hammer the Chiefs and, and parlay it with the under uh, that fifty six to- and a half point total is a little high for me as far as the way that these Super Bowls have, have tended to go. Um, so Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Tyree Kill, uh, I think it's an offensive juggernaut that's kind of hitting its prime and, and maybe as you mentioned on the downward peak of this prime. So I'm I'm hammering Chiefs and under. Brooks Duana is best in the business, giving us his NFL insight. It's a sad day that this is the last time we're going to be doing this, but maybe we'll wrap back around for next week and talk some Super Bowl results. Of course, we always have some free agency and NFL draft to speculate about as well. But, Brooks, you're the man. It was great. Thanks so much for joining us, and uh, thanks for doubling up Nuanez now. It's always fun to have you on the show, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Yeah, it was an absolute pleasure, man. I can't wait for the Super Bowl. Thanks. Nuan is now 1029 ESPN Missoula, statewide SWX Montana Television. Hey, you need a place to watch the game on Saturday? Or Sunday, I should say. There's games on tomorrow, too. There's Grizz games. You want to go watch the Grizz game tomorrow? I got a place for it. You want to watch the Super Bowl somewhere? I got a spot for you. Head on down to Silver Slipper. They have 55 TVs for you to watch all the action. No matter what you want to watch, they'll have it on for you. Drink specials every single day, 20 Kino machines, a liquor store, and Tarantino's Pizza. There's nowhere else. You should be watching your favorite team or the biggest games. At the Slipper, it's all about great food, tasty drinks, and the urge to have a good time. Card room's back open as well with games nightly at 7 p.m. Just call or text 333-1500 or visit MissoulaPoker.com for more information. Card games are really fun. You should go check them out. Stop by today see why the Silver Slipper is one of Montana's best-kept secrets.
around the big sky, particularly with the Montana schools on Nuanez Now right after this. Hi, this is Kim from the Wingate in Missoula. If you need a break from the everyday same old, same old, we want to be your home away from home. With comfortable rooms, a great breakfast, and a super fun indoor water park, the Wingate of Missoula is the ideal place for a quick getaway without having to go away. Let us give your family a little quality time together or ask us about our birthday parties. Work like an adult, play like a child, and sleep like a baby at the Wingate of Missoula. Welcome back. Nuana is now 1029 ESPN Missoula. Statewide SWX Montana Television. Hope you're having a good Friday. Looked like a powder day this morning. Looks like a spring day this afternoon. But I think that uh, probably ski areas around the state are getting hammered, and that's something that we need. We need the snow. We need the snowpack. I mean, why live in Montana unless you're going to have a real winter? Speaking of ski places, Lost Trail has something for the whole family. Beginner runs to expert-only terrain. Lost Trail offers the best value around terrain for every ability level, family-friendly and affordable. If you're looking to up your ski or snowboard game, Lost Trail also has a great snow sport school with fully certified instructors. Tickets are available at offsite locations, including at LostTrail.com. You want to go to LostTrail.com because that's where you're going to find all sorts of things. They have all their safety precautions in place, but you can see all the little requirements that they need from you. Uh, they have their COVID-19 policies there. They also have directions, trail maps, lodging info, season pass info, ticket info, conditions, all that. So visit LostTrail.com today. Lost Trail, it's open Sunday through Excuse me, Thursday through Sunday, 9.30 a.m. till 4 p.m., Lost Trail, go for the snow. It was a big night in Big Sky Conference basketball last night. That's how Thursdays always roll. It's always a little hectic trying to cover four games at once. But we concentrated pretty heavily on the men's games. But you heard there in the Sports Center, the Montana men won in overtime at Portland State. The Montana State men lost in regulation in a complete shootout to Weber State on the road. The Montana State women Well, they almost doubled up Weber State. It absolutely looked like the reigning Big Sky Conference champions versus a team that has not won a game in the league. Montana State wins 102-53. I'm still looking back through the archives, but I can't find one yet where there's a a 49-point margin of victory in a conference game. So I'll be able to confirm that uh, next week for you if that's a record or not. But huge, huge, huge win for the Montana State women in terms of the magnitude and the margin of victory. Uh, a win that I think everybody expected against a team that hasn't won a league game. And uh, Montana State, they continue to surge on the women's side. The Lady Grizz, they lost on a last-second shot. Kylie Jimenez, senior guard for Portland State, hit a runner in the lane, and uh, Portland State won 61-60. to So the Lady Grizz now on a three-game skid. we got to tell you a little bit about the Grizz game, though. It was an ugly, ugly, ugly game. Defensive battle. Both these teams have two of the best front courts in the league, two of the biggest front courts in the league, I should say, with the most length. Travis DeCure decided to switch up his lineup because Portland State, they press the entire time. They press from start to finish. They also crash the offensive glass. So Coach DeCure moved Michael Stedman to the bench. He moved Kyle Owens back into the starting lineup. Owens had come off the bench last time out against Sacramento State. DeCure also went with both Brandon Whitney and Robbie Beasley in the starting lineup. 
his two freshman guards, and he also went with um, with Cam Parker, the junior from Sacred Heart, transfer from Sacred Heart, who joined us on the show earlier this week. So you basically have three point guards in that lineup, and uh, they also moved Josh Bannon to the bench as well. So a different starting lineup for the Grizz. They turned the ball over 23 times. So even though Montana, they almost shot 50% in this game, and they held Portland State uh, a low shooting percentage in the 30s, and they won the rebounding battle. So you check two boxes there that should be crucial keys to victory, but they turned the ball over 23 times. When you give the other team that many possessions, you're going to let them hang around. And so this Portland State team, which does have a lot of talent, they have six Division I uh, transfers on their team, including guys from Utah and Oregon, Oregon State, Washington, so they have power five guys. But um, Montana, they did a good job defensively. They just couldn't take care of the ball, and they're losing in this game the whole time. I mean, they had a one-point lead at halftime, but they were losing the duration of the second half. And then it looks like it's all going to slip away from them. And Brandon Whitney misses a pair of free throws with 26 seconds left, and the Grizz are down three. And they foul and Portland State misses the front end of the one-and-one. One. Ian Burke gets the rebound. He misses the putback. Montana gets the, re- the rebound. And now there's about eight seconds left. They push the ball up to Robbie Beasley, and he lets go a prayer from about 30 feet away from the right wing as the buzzer is going off, and it bangs home. 54-54, game's going to overtime. What a huge shot for Robbie Beasley. I promise you, I don't, I, I'm not going to promise you he'll be on the show next week. I'm going to promise you that I'm going to do my best effort to get him on the show, though. And so hopefully Montana is able to facilitate that. I think they probably will. But Robbie Beasley, he's been on the show before, but that will be an awesome uh, interview because that was a huge moment, the biggest moment of his Grizz career thus far. And then in overtime, Montana did a great job knocking down their free throws. They made all 10 of them, and uh, they won going away um, over Portland State. So Montana now 4-5 and five in league play playing in their first game in 11 days. So that was a good win for the Grizz. Maybe something they can build on. A young team that's been looking for confidence, a young team that's been trying to find continuity. I don't think they're going to find much continuity in this lineup because I don't think this is the lineup they're going to go with moving forward. But I think what they're finding continuity in is the ability to play different lineups. They have different guys that complement different matchups, and I think that's what they're going to continue to go with here down the stretch. But another one against Portland tomorrow uh, in the City of Roses. So you can find that one on Pluto TV. Down in Ogden, it is Nuanas now, by the way, 1029 ESPN Missoula, statewide SWX Montana Television. In Ogden last night, an absolute shootout. First of all, Randy Ray, head coach for Weaver State, was on this show on Tuesday. You can find that interview uh, from the Montana Basketball Hour on the podcast. Coach Ray has been one of the great player developers in the league over the last 15 years. He's recruited guys out of high school and made them into NBA caliber players, guys like Damian Lillard and Jeremy Sanglin, Joel Ballenboy. And that's what we were strength is. But Randy Ray talked on this show about how if you're not hitting the transfer market and you're not hitting it hard, it's going to be really hard for you to stay old. And it's going to be hard for you to have the talent some of the other teams in the league have. I had this thought last night. There's this narrative that the Big Sky Conference is this farm league for uh, uh, leagues that are above it. It's actually not the case in basketball. It's the other way around. This is where Power 5 players go to play their final years. Guys that can't get into the lineups at the Pac-12 schools, they're coming to the big sky. 
Weber State started five transfers. Every single guy they started last night, five of them. They're all transfers. One was a junior college guy. The other ones were Division One transfers, uh, including transfers from places like uh, Arizona State. Um, I mean, they they have transfers from all over the place. They have a transfer from Florida. I, I don't know if there's ever been a transfer from Florida in the Big Sky Conference, and Weber State has one. So, uh, and and they can really, really, really score the rock. They're a team that's as they continue to coalesce and come together are going to be scary because they have nasty talent. Isaiah Brown's one of the best guards I've seen in the league so far this year. Uh, Dante Bissett, the guy from Florida, is a really, really athletic big. Uh, Cody Carlson, who's actually a Division II transfer, he went to St. Paul Concordia. Really, really talented as well. And they just scored the hell out of the rock last night. They shot 67% after halftime. They shot 62% for the game. They hung 96 on Montana State, who, by the way, entered the game giving up 62 points per game in Big Sky Conference play on the way to a 6-0 start. And Weber came in averaging about 82 points per game, and they still exceeded that average as well. So Weber is up to sixth in the country in scoring. They're 5-2 and two in league. And I'll tell you this, of the teams that I've seen, I hadn't watched Weber until last night except for against a couple uh, non-Division I opponents. Weber State's one of the most talented teams in the league. I, I, I'm i a buyer on Weber State. I've been lukewarm on Eastern Washington from when I've watched them this year. I think J- Jacob Davidson has underperformed. Montana has obviously been really frustrating to watch. Montana State, they've been great on this great start, but they haven't played anybody where I looked at the, the win and I'm like, man, well, they just beat a really good team. Uh, I think they've had some okay wins. I mean, winning on the road in the Big Sky, sweeping on the road in the Big Sky, those are big. Those are good wins. But last night, I think it was the best team Montana State's played, and it's the best team I've seen in the Big Sky Conference other than Southern Utah. I still think that the Montana schools, Eastern Washington, Southern Utah, and Weber, those are the teams that are going to be in the mix no matter what the standings are looking like right now. But uh, I thought Weber was definitely the most impressive. On the women's side, like we mentioned, Montana State's women, they're red hot now. They've won five in a row. They're really coming together. I said it on Thursday with Krista Redpath and around uh, the big sky and women's hoops. I think that this Montana State team, if they don't hit a wall because they have so many freshmen, I think that they could go win the whole thing. I think they could win the Big Sky Tournament. I don't think they're going to win the regular season because I think Idaho State has enough of a cushion. But I would not be surprised if Montana State got red hot and got into the championship game or even won the championship game. So we'll see. But their freshmen are having a huge impact, and the more they grow, the scarier Montana State becomes. On the other side of this thing, the Lady Grizz lost a couple emotional games to the Bobcats last weekend. And I said Thursday, you can't let those losses linger into this weekend. And then they go and they lose to a Portland State team that was 3-5 and five in conference play coming into this thing. So now those two teams are tied in the league standings, both of them 4-5 and five with Portland State and, and Montana squaring off again on Saturday. So big game for the Lady Grizz. Lady Grizz cannot get to a spiral. They cannot afford to lose a fourth straight. And they cannot be sitting there at 4-6. and six coming out of this weekend. Uh, big weekend for the Lady Grizz, but uh, Bobcats continue to surge. On the men's side, I'm so interested to see if Weber State can uh, continue to score like that and what Montana State throws at him because Danny Sprinkle, he was not happy after the game. He got a quote from him, and he said, you know, hey, we got lured into getting into a shootout with them. That was not what we wanted, not what we intended to do. It's not what we can do on Saturday. So we'll see what the adjustments are. I think both Coaches probably want a little better defensive effort at Ogden, but that's here nor there. Uh, I just think that uh, we're, we're going to see some uh, two teams that can score the ball because they got a lot of guys that can do it on an individual basis and as a team. This is is now rounding up the Big Sky Conference, particularly the Montana teams uh, in hoops. It's Friday, so that means Carolyn is swinging on by the show. It's Chick Who Doesn't Know Sports right here on 1029 ESPN Missoula right after this.
Blackfoot Communications is actively supporting the communities we serve across Montana and Idaho. We are installing hundreds of miles of fiber in our service territories, increasing the broadband experience in our rural communities. We are delivering remote workforce solutions for our business communities. We are creating new, innovative solutions for our local entrepreneurs and enterprise organizations. Learn how your company can benefit. Call today at 541-5000 or go to blackfootbusiness.com. Blackfoot Communications. Connect to more. Gosh, this coffee is so good. I'm telling you, you need one. There's a Florence Coffee Company near you. I'm giving you extra love, Florence Coffee Company, but that's because you're keeping me going right here on a Friday. It is Nuanas Now, 1029 ESPN Missoula, statewide on SWX Montana Television. It's Super Bowl week. We've hardly talked about the Super Bowl. <laughs> that must be mean we're doing it absolutely right or absolutely wrong, but... Uh, it's a local sports show, so we're giving you all the local sports we possibly can. And that means we broke them in. Carolyn, the chick who doesn't know sports, who always gives us nothing but national content and spices up your life in the way that I know at least some of you really like. Carolyn, how you doing? <laughs> Just some? I mean, I think, I think some people really love high school girls basketball. I think other oh. people really love TMZ, you know, okay. teach their own. Well, I did watch a little high school girls basketball last night. Thank nice. you very much. What you watch? I watched the Sentinel... Um, Versus Glacier game nice. with, at my friend with my friend. How was it? It was great. Varsity, uh, sophomore, mm. and they won. It was a close game. Nice, but it was fun to watch. Great from the television, which is so cool that they're doing this for they all the parents. They showed sophomore game on the TV. Yeah, just a stream. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Because it was away, right. but it was fun to watch. Super cool. Yeah. Anyway, good time. So, Super Bowl weekend. Super Bowl weekend. What are you doing? Eating some uh, sweet potato. What does he do? Sweet potato chips. Sweet potato toast and guacamole. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, I'm yeah. all over it. Tom says he can't eat chips. Did you listen? To, Tom Brady, that is. Um, did you listen to Sean Rainey on Wednesday by chance? No. I can't even remember the stat, but it was so outrageous. Something like Americans are going to eat 45 tons of chips this Sunday. That sounds amazing. <laughs> how, many, how, how much are you going to contribute to that? I don't know because I'll probably be skiing. Right. Right. But then you'd be really hungry for chips. Let me tell you something. I had a confession that I was planning to bring up today, and this is a great segue. <laughs> okay. I need you and everyone to know. Okay. I hate Super Bowl parties. You hate them. Hate them. Even in a non-COVID, like, you know, time, I hate Super Bowl parties. I don't like to day drink, believe it or not. I don't like to watch sports. I only want to watch the commercials, and everyone talks during them. And I... The last Super Bowl party I went to was the Justin Timberlake, Janet Jackson, you know, what happened that there. That was a long time ago. And I missed the action because I was shiver chabbering over a Zima or whatever. And <laughs> Zima? Did you have a Jolly Rancher in there? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> and so I said, forget it. I am done. Wow. Well, 
So. You know, we have solar confessions. I hate Super Bowl parties, too, for none of the reasons that you just said, oh. besides people never stop talking. Because you want to watch the sports. I want to watch the game. Mm, I okay. love day drinking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mm-hmm. love cooking. Yeah. Uh, I like to do all those things. Um, I just want to watch the game. Yeah. I hate when the Super Bowl's over and you don't have an acute like, mental analysis of what happened. It's my least favorite thing. See, mine is like... Where were the Clydesdales? What were they doing? <laughs> Who, what's the funniest? No Clydesdales I know, this year. How I know. about that? I broke that news last week. I know, but it's just fascinating yeah, to me. Yeah, it's pretty sad. They're going to be delivering vaccines instead, and, uh, which is great. A lot of new clients on the Super Bowl uh, ad docket as well. I think that part's fascinating just from an economic standpoint, but we won't go down that road. It is the chick who doesn't know sports. It's Nuanez now. Friday before Super Bowl Sunday. Right here on 1029 ESPN Missoula, statewide SWX Montana Television. Carolyn, what else you got? Well, the weekend is headlining the Super Bowl. So I got a question for you. Sure. When uh, the the ex-co-host of this show, who shall not be named, was still here, one of our most ferocious debates was over the level of fame of a variety of individuals. Uh, he did not... I think that he had no gauge on what makes someone famous or what it means to be truly famous. Mm-hmm. He always argued that like upwards of 80% of our listeners knew who Macklemore was. I argued that like one fourth of our listeners knew who Macklemore was. Uh, we used to always argue over a variety of different people. Regardless, how famous is the weekend? Like how many people, there's probably gonna be about 65 million people watching this game on Sunday. How many people are going to be like, who's that? I don't know, but this is a great question because part of my commentary today was that the weekend, because he had such a vision for what the Super Bowl uh, halftime show would look like, he put in $7 million of his own money. Wow. And I didn't think he even had that kind of money. Do you know the story of him? I don't. So he basically made him, he is like the one of the pioneers of becoming YouTube famous, like doing it yourself. Like Justin Bieber? He was like dropping his mixtapes on YouTube and mm-hmm. Spotify and stuff. And then somehow found a tipping point and people realized, oh my God, this guy sounds just like Michael Jackson. Let's uh, let's make him famous. And then here he is. I, I don't know. I think he has two songs that I know. Yeah, I mean, he only has two albums, I believe. Um, I like The Weeknd, but I, I just, I always gauge this through like my mother is very engaged in pop culture. She watches the Tonight Show every night. She reads the you know People magazine, things like that. And she's going to text me, I guarantee you, during the Super Bowl and say, who is this person? Not if she reads People magazine. She'll know who he is. She might know who he is, but I bet you she hasn't heard his songs. He's dating one of the Hadid sisters. Who's that? Really famous supermodels. <laughs> I'm so out of it. Anyway. I just think it takes a lot to be like truly, you know. Like Justin Timberlake and Lady Gaga and Bruce Springsteen, like these are these are like worldly famous that most people know who they are. I just don't think a lot of people know. I think a lot of people know, but a lot of people don't know. Well, I'm I'm excited because I also found out he's Canadian and he's the he first is. Canadian performer to solo headline the halftime show. Just like you. So I'm pretty excited. Suri. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my Sorry gosh. about that. I had no idea that he was Canadian. Carolyn, I didn't Carolyn's Canadian, by the way, for those who are tuning in for the first time. Half. Half Canadian. I mean, you're Canadian, whatever. <laughs> so it makes you cool. Just claim it. <laughs> it is Chicken Doesn't Know Sports, brought to us by the Iron Grizz American Bistro, right here on Nuanas now. Every Friday, Carolyn's stopping by. Give you all you need to know about pop culture and uh, 
really never about sports. What else you got? So you know how much I hate Tom Brady. <laughs> it's been well established. So on anytime show. there is some sort of like, how are we going to mess a Tom Brady situation? That yep. becomes my new favorite thing. Okay. So Tyron Mathsow, Matthew. Tyron Matthew. Yeah. Tyron Matthew. The honey, sorry. The honey badger. The honey badger. Yeah. Um, an anonymous fan is going to donate $100,000 to PETA if he makes an interception in the Super Bowl against Tom Brady. Wow. So that, I thought I hated Tom Brady. But the fact that someone is going to do this is like the best of both worlds. PETA's going to get some money. Tom Brady's going to possibly lose. I mean, it's glorious. I'm confused by the motive. I don't care about the are motive. They, are they donating because... Tom Brady has somehow done something mean to animals? No. They're just donating because of Ma- he, Matthew's nickname? They Because he has been um, a, big supporter, a big supporter of PETA. He's done several he videos. Interesting. And his nickname's the Honey Badger. I assume that's because he likes honey badgers. Is that not uh, it? Or? <laughs> it goes back to one of the... Uh, Teron Matthew is one of those rare college superstars that broke into the, like, the pop culture lexicon. He's a very diverse player. He can do a lot of different things. He doesn't just just play one position. He plays like all over the field. Mm -hmm. And so his coach in college is very funny. He can play at LSU and his coach is very much like from the Bayou and like talks like the Bayou guy and started calling him the honey badger because the honey badger is one of the most diverse animals that can do all sorts Ah. of things. And then it became like this social media that went viral and... They had all these sayings about the honey badger, and it was just really funny. Oh, cute. Well, I'm excited because, you know, anything to mess with Tom Brady <laughs> okay. uh, makes me happy. Speaking of Tom Brady, I did have a Super Bowl dream last night. Okay. That, so now you're dreaming about Tom. But not in the way you think, you uh, sicko. Well, I mean, I thought you maybe were dreaming of, like, punching him in the no, face No, I dreamt. Something. So if you were going to make bets this week on the Super Bowl, <laughs> and you trust me, in my dream... The Bucks lost 38 to 37. Wow. <laughs> is that even possible? It is possible. That's very possible. So, so you're saying take the Chiefs, but the money line and take the over. Sure. Because right now the Chiefs are three and a half point favorites. So if your dream came true, if somebody took the line, they would lose. So you're saying take the money line. That's In other words, take the Chiefs straight up to win by one point and take the over, which means the total amount of points. Sure. You heard it here first. Chicken doesn't know sports. All I know is if you do win, you have to buy a raffle ticket from me for the Discovery Ski Team (laughs) Raffle. This is the most promotion (laughs) anything has ever gotten for free on ESPN Radio. I'm just joking. You you can do what you want with the money. By the way, you can go to our Facebook page. Check out the link there to buy the raffle tickets for the Discovery Ski Foundation. It's a good cause. Um, Lastly, Michael Jordan card. Um... A 1997 Upper Deck jersey card of Michael Jordan's. Okay. One of only 23. See what they did there? I see what they did there. Guess how much it sold for? Oh, man. I'd say like $2 million. 1.4. Yeah. Um, one of my clients, who shall rename nameless, just told me he sold a Michael Jackson rookie card last Michael week. Michael Jordan rookie I'm card. sorry, not Michael Jackson. How much did he sell it for? You know, I don't ask these things because you that's impolite. Ask, it's not impolite when it's part of like the market, though. Well, all I'm saying is if you have some cards, you might want to get to sell it. Oh, man. I mean, I just listened to a podcast all about this. It is so much more off the hook than I ever thought it would ever be. It's insane. 
the <laughs> this is so silly to say, but it's actually reality. It's the biggest financial impact that males between the ages of 32 and 45 have ever made in America and around the world. So who's buying these cards? Guys that have people? this crazy nostalgia for this. And they it's become like this this insider, or not insider trading, like day trading type thing, but there's actual ta- actually a tangible commodity. Like GameStop? So, so many, exactly. So many guys, they'll go sell all their... Uh, Larry Bird cards because they don't like Larry Bird. And then they'll go buy the Michael Jordan card they wanted their whole lives. Or vice versa. You know, they sell all their Magic Johnson cards so they can huh. go buy this one Sean Kemp card or whatever. This is stupid. It's not stupid, though, because it actually, this is what's so funny. People that think this is silly, the only reason anything in the world is worth anything is because it's rare. True. These are defined and tangibly, there's no question how rare they are. There's 23 of these things in the whole world. Therefore, it's worth more than your paper money. I mean, like the the m- money is irrelevant now because money is infinitely printed, right? Right. No one in the world that like Jeff Bezos couldn't go cash out all his assets and have all the money that he's had. He doesn't have that much money because there's not that much money on Earth. Right. So, so it actually is funny because it seems like oh, it's just a kid's hobby. It's not though because it's an actually tangible asset. It's just like why gold or diamonds are worth a lot of money. I shouldn't say um, it's stupid because I think it's really cool that, you sure. know, but I just cannot imagine paying $1.4 million for a car. Sure. That's all I'm saying. So basically, okay, but could you imagine, if you had the money, could you imagine paying $1.4 million for a stock? I don't you, know. That you truly believed was worth that amount of money? Yeah, maybe. Because the stock is worth that amount of money because the market says it is, right? Right, right. So is the card. Okay, well, I don't have any of these cards, but if you guys do, I do. get to sell them. I know, I need to sell That's what my financial advisor told me the other day. He said, he said, how many cars do you have? I keep hearing you on the radio. How many cars do you have? I said, dude, I have so many cars. He said, dude, this is what you need to do. You need to sell the whole thing. There's your down payment for a house. And I was like, okay. But here's the issue you reach. A lot of these guys are just treated like commodities. They don't have nostalgic connections to it. They're right. just buying and selling just like stocks. When you've been collecting since you're a little kid, it's a really hard thing. For sure. Like, can I really go sell all my Kobe Bryant cards? Like, the market right now is so high. What if Kobe you just Bryant sold one? Cards. Well, right. And that's that's what we're trying to do is my brother and I are trying to go through all our cards and say, okay, these are the five that we want to keep. And here's the 20 that we're going to sell. Yeah. It's just so hard, like, with your favorite guys. Like, I'll sell all my Tim Duncan cards or whatever. You know, like, all the yeah. guys I don't like, I'll sell all those. But... No, I get it. You I just get it. You never know. I have this, I kind of have the same under feeling about my um, Ewok stuffed animal that I got when I was oh, yeah. like six or seven. Yep. Well, it must have been a little older. It's probably worth money. It's like legit Ewok oh, Star Wars. Gosh. And it is sitting in my son's closet, hidden away. I bet you it's worth so much money. Do you think so? Well, so much money. Maybe delete this. I don't want people robbing me <laughs> for it. It's not in, in my house, it's in the safety deposit it's box. It's like the Beanie Babies, too. That yes. Crazy. I did sell. One Grateful Dead one or something, but wow. that was like in the 90s. I don't even remember. 1029 ESPN Missoula, statewide SWX Montana Television. Nuana is now. You got anything else? No, that's it. Great segment, Carol and Chick Who Doesn't Know Sports every Friday, presented by the Iron Grizz American Bistro. I win again. I've already had multiple texts from people saying they have no idea who the weekend is. But my mother, I was wrong. She does know who the weekend is. Good job, Mom. You're always up on the pop culture. That's why you're so cool. 
1029 ESPN Missoula, statewide SWX Montana Television. The Chick Who Doesn't Know Sports is presented by the Iron Grizz. Go check out the Iron Grizz American Bistro. It's at the University of Montana Golf Course. You obviously can't golf in the middle of February. You can certainly eat dinner or lunch at the base of Mount Sentinel. They have a delicious menu. They just rolled out their winter Cajun menu as well. They put duck eggs on a lot of their dishes and... uh, Pretty darn tasty, I promise you. It's also very sustainable. They get most of their produce from the garden right there in front of the Iron Grizz as well. So go be sure to check out the Iron Grizz American Bistro today. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.